you're listening to the Dirty Boots Show. Hey everyone, Chris with the Dirty Boots Show. Really excited about our guest today, Tyler Campbell. Tyler, how are you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I know you're a pro at this. You've got your own podcast. We'll get to that in a second, <laughs> but... Uh, Maybe give us a little background on you. Yeah, so uh, I'm a, I'm a sixth-generation builder, and I started in the family business back in 2012. So it's uh, been a decade in the family business. And about a year or so ago, I started my company, Story Builder, and we're focused on fixing skilled trades and like doing that through producing content, which is really fun. But before all of that happened, I, I spent my time as a detailer, as a structural steel detailer of all things, which is a fun trade to have learned. And it's massively applicable to everything that I do today. Mm -hmm. um, it's insane. You learn a trade and I'll tell you what, man, it you take it with you for a lifetime. My brother and my dad still are in the family business uh, detailing and modeling and i just i just flew the coop so <laughs> but you were there for a minute it's not like you were just yeah. there and left right you were there almost 10 years so yeah a decade at the family business and uh kind of rose through the ranks and i was leading the team there for a while before i was like yeah this is not for me so let's lean in there a little bit figured out it wasn't for you and then had your idea for story builder been building and i'm not no pun intended but over time <laughs> or, or, yeah what would that look like you know honestly i've been thinking about it for a number of years and I'd, I'd always been kind of interested in marketing. Uh, I'd always been interested in photography and videography. I picked up my camera whenever I was like, I don't know. I was really young when I picked up my first camera and then, you know, I picked up a full on DSLR probably in like 2014 finally. So I just became a shutterbug at that point. Shot some weddings and those sort of things and just stayed consistent in the family business. Little did I know that like I, I have this love for construction. I love building stuff, but I never expected to tie them in as, as completely as I have. I've always thought of it like, man, it'd be really cool if I could do this, but It'd be cool if I could tie it into construction, but I never really thought there was a way until, honestly, I got to give props to Aaron Witt. I saw him come out and, you know, start tearing it up online. He did a great job and he's uh, built BuildWit and that's been for Dirt World. And um, honestly, I think that just kind of gave confidence where I was like, oh, actually this could work. You know, this mm -hmm. could work. And I actually, I feel like I have my own set of skills, you know, they're different. Um, but my own set of skills being, I know the industry really, really well because I spent 10 years in it. Mm -hmm. So I can actually understand problems. And, and so when we're talking about labor shortage, like I, I get it. We've had to go through the trouble of trying to find people. So I felt the pain and I know that it's going throughout the whole industry too. So that's been the focus, man. I, 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 I don't know. It's been a long time coming, but I think uh, more recently, I just kind of felt like, yeah, this is this is where I need to go. I want to go there. You know, my wife was supportive, which is the number one thing. And <laughs> we took the leap and it's it's been great. You know, I've been able to help out bigger companies like Dell, which is amazing and companies like Trimble. So it's been it's been a good time. I've enjoyed it. That's that's awesome. So content. So yeah. you mentioned Dell, you mentioned Trimble. What are you actually producing? What are you building with these organizations? Yeah. So when I say content, a lot of what I'm referring to is like video and photo content back to kind of where my background is at with a, with a camera showing up on site and creating really cool imagery and awesome imagery of the people that are there. But really it's more for the purposes of leveraging that content to get a result, right? So the result is we take that content and we run ads with it. We're trying to get interest for job applicants. Yeah, And so 
that is across Instagram. That's across LinkedIn. That can be across Facebook or whatever. We can run billboard campaigns. We can do a mess of things, but we have to kind of generate that content first, right? So the end goal is to drive people to your business. We're just mm -hmm. using tools in the marketing arsenal to do that. So how long have you been doing the Construction Brothers podcast? That's been three years. We started in 2019. We showed up onto the scene not really knowing what in the heck we were doing, that's for sure. I think a lot of podcasts start that way, right? We're like, what are we doing here? I don't know. And so we showed up in 2019 and I just bought a bunch of podcast equipment. I walked into the office with Eddie sitting there and I was like, hey man, guess what? I bought a bunch of podcast equipment. And he went, what? He was very confused by that. <laughs> and it turned into its own little thing. It's been so great. A way for us to learn so much. I would encourage people to start their own podcast, not because of the following or anything like that, but the education that you get. It's amazing. Like I'm I'm sure you could answer this too, Chris. Is like the 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 number of conversations that you've had up until this point where you're like, holy cow, I didn't realize that was the case. It's it's like a master class. Seriously. So like you get to a point where you've interviewed 250 people, like you're starting to connect some dots there and really start to understand your industry a little bit more uniquely. It's been so much fun to do that. And, and my brother and I, we love beating on each other a lot and um, just enjoy being brothers on the show. So <laughs> hopefully that's yeah. good for a laugh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have a, maybe just off the top of your head, a favorite guest or something like I'm sure you've been asked it before, but anything memorable come to mind? We have had a number of them. I would say my favorite to date is Roy Underhill. Um, and that is more from my own personal uh, standpoint because mm -hmm. I grew up watching him on PBS, as I'm sure a lot of other people did. So uh, are you familiar with him? I can give you more context. Yeah, give us some context. Yeah. Okay. So PBS, he would have the daytime TV slot where he would be the guy out in the woods chopping down a tree, like mm -hmm. with his bare hands, dragging mm -hmm. it back to his workshop and using actual hand tools, like manual hand tools mm -hmm. to make really cool stuff. And so that is, that's who we got on our podcast. So I actually that's have crazy. the guy's phone number. I am <laughs> stoked about that. So when we got to talk to him, he, uh, he talked about his work in Colonial Williamsburg, just kind of how it used to work, how construction mm -hmm. used to happen back in the day. And uh, we love looking back at that stuff because it helps us inform how we do things now. There are timeless lessons in interviews like that, which is, you know, we're talking about people. That's a big part of what we do is people. For all the chatter about tech, which I love, th there is no replacement for people. And so, I don't know, it's just little things like that that are subtle reminders of like, hey, all right, this is, there's bright, shiny objects in this world. Don't get too distracted though. Like, you know, stay the course. You can still, you can still play around and have fun and like, and, and, and try to enhance things, but also don't lose sight of what's really, really important, which is the people at the end of the right. day. Because we can get caught up in tech pretty quickly. I mean, it seems like it's advancing so fast and there's all cool stuff coming out all the time. But at the end of the day, it's still about people, right? It's, you know, people oh, yeah. still need to be around all the talk about AI and all this stuff, right? Like replacing whoever the connections are what you remember. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really at the end of the day, why I work with the team yeah. I do. And I love hosting podcasts to meet people, people like yourself. At the end of the day, it's just people, man. I'm guilty as anybody going out and finding the bright, shiny object and being like, this is going to fix all of my problems. Like right. I am that guy, hundred percent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm calling myself out here too. But at the end of the day, like who operates the machinery, who operates all of the technology I mean, even AI, you need to be able to poke it. 
-hmm. You need to be able to give it something to go off of. I think it's just super important that we, we're just getting consistent reminders that people are the thing that matter most in this industry. That's mm -hmm. the thing that makes buildings go together. I want to be a constant uh, beacon of just like, hey, this is really, this is really what we should be focused on. Um, don't yeah. get too distracted. Well, natural transition to our main topic today around labor shortage. And listen, there's thousands of articles. We talk <laughs> about labor shortage all the time. People yeah. know it exists, right? When I speak with our customers, every single one of them brings it up and they know it. Yep. And we're looking for solutions to how to solve that. So yeah. let's tackle that. Maybe some initial thoughts from you on, on the labor shortage, not just the, the problem, yeah. but solutions. Yeah. I mean, we know about the problem. Yeah, that's, and I guess what we talked about when we got on our first call is like, you go to any conference and then people are like, there's a labor shortage. We're done with awareness. Now let's come up with some solutions here. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I pivoted everything into Story Builder over into that is that I wanted to tackle this and try to be a solution provider for this because mm -hmm. Lord knows we need it. So we know the problem, but I think the first step in the right direction is and I'll speak from a marketing sense first, and then we can get into the interpersonal stuff if mm -hmm. we have time, mm -hmm. which honestly is more important, but it's a harder fix. <laughs> so I'll start with the things that you can right. start with now. First thing would be making sure that your brand doesn't look like a dumpster fire. I think most contractors, they're focused on getting, you know, getting out in the field and putting stuff together. I get it. But also, it, it is kind of important that you have a pretty decent face that shows to the world. Mm -hmm. um, it, I am not kidding. It, most contractors' websites look like a dumpster fire with a bunch of raccoons jumping out of it. Um, that that's a lot of the time. What I've I've seen some really weird ones in my time, and I won't get into it. But let's make sure that number one, your brand, your website doesn't look like a dumpster fire. I can't really help you with that website stuff, but. Um, mm -hmm. It's something to stay focused on. It's got to be easy to use and it's got to be all those things. All right. Mm -hmm. So there's first thing to tackle. Mm -hmm. Second thing to tackle is be clear on the opportunities that you actually have. That's something that I don't think we're trying all that hard on. We throw a help wanted sign up in the window. That's not enough anymore. That's not enough awareness. Most mm -hmm. of the time people are driving past your your office, they're not paying attention to the help wanted signs. Mm -hmm. They don't really care. Right. So where do we put it? We could put it on social media platforms. Mm -hmm. We could put it on our website. Duh. That's a great place. We can put it on billboards. We can put it on mailers that we send out. We can try to spread the word in our location as to we have jobs. We have opportunities, a place where you can build a career, where you can build a life. Be clear on that. And then meet that with a clear call to action. It needs to be clear what they do next. So think through, am I going to have them calling a number to get more information or submit a re resume? Am I going to send them to an online portal? What does that online portal look like? We got to make it easy for them. Make it super simple, super streamlined. So we can capture as many applicants as possible. At that point, it's up to you, right? You've got to go through and you've got to be able to be a good picker. You got to pick out the people that are actually going to add value to your team. But the good thing is now you've actually got a pool. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Let's get you a pool of people that are interested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then from there, we can start picking and choosing. But if you run it consistently, then you always have a pool. And we're not doing that. We're just kind of saying, I can't find people. And we're not actually doing anything to help that out. Mm -hmm. 
And why do you think when you say that we're not doing that, what do you think the hesitancy is to that? Because that takes time, money, effort, investment, right? Why do you feel like there is potential hesitancy around that? Like, what do you think is going on? There's hesitancy around getting the wrong people or thinking that, oh, I can't get the right people from an ad on Facebook or an ad on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, the reality is that, no, you can actually find some really good people from that. There's also this hesitancy because I'll go in and I'll say, listen, we got to feature your people. Like we got to show your existing workforce off. And in some cases I'll get pushback saying, yeah, but if I show them, then my competitors might swoop in and try to take them from me. I'm kind of like shining a light on this rock star employee. <laughs> I'm worried somebody's going to come steal them. You need to be an incredible place to work. This gets kind of into the interpersonal side of things which I think is I can help get people to you. We can make content, we can do the ads, we can get people to you. But at the end of the day, you're the one that's gonna make them stick. It's up to the environment that you bring them into. I can bring them in, but dude, I can't patch the hole in the boat. <laughs> you right. gotta be an incredible place to work. Right. So if you have a toxic work environment, you're gonna spend all this money getting all these people in and they're gonna leave you next month. So that is also a hesitation for people. They're saying like, oh gosh, well, what if they leave and I spend all this money? Well, all right, that needs to be an indicator that there's something else going on here, pal. Like we've mm -hmm. got to dig a little deeper. So don't expect marketing to fix all your problems. People are going are gonna to fix your problems. So if you've got a solid workforce, solid people around you, it's, it's not going to be a problem. It's going to blossom. It's going to grow and it's going to be just an amazing thing for you. Now, that's interesting. So let's dig into the interpersonal stuff a little bit more, if you have more. Because like marketing, hey, let's get people in the door. Let's get a pool. Let's yeah. increase your likelihood or odds of finding the right people. And then yeah. once you get them in the door, then we transition to that interpersonal stuff and the culture that you've created. What are you seeing? Like I said, I, I spent 10 years as a structural detailer. I've seen the interpersonal side firsthand where we've worked with companies in the past or with small companies in the past where their owner straight up harassed one of our, one of our female employees. That is one of those things where I wish I could say was a one-off, but that's really not. And I've heard of other instances through the podcast of different people being harassed for race or, or whatever. It's sometimes not an emotionally healthy place to work. We're bringing them through the door and they're coming in and they're pumped to get going. And then they're met with this toxic person. And so what I'm seeing out there is we've got a lot of toxicity in our, in our system right now. And we got to flush that junk out. We get these great people in, they're not going to stick if that's the case. So I would urge those people listening. If you're a contractor, if you know of a toxic person in your company, we need to get rid of those from our industry as a whole. This sounds bad. We almost have to purge, right? We have to purge <laughs> all of that nonsense out right. in order to become the best place to work. I want to see this industry be known as the best place to go and get a career and, 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 and find community and all of these amazing aspects that can happen in our industry. They can. Yeah. I want that. That's how we used to build. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I talked to my grandfather who's in his nineties. Okay. He worked on this big job with this architect. And you know what he said to me that blew my mind is that he and the architect, he was a general contractor mm -hmm. and that architect, they were friends. 
I mean, <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you serious? Like, yeah. how often does that happen now? That's not good. That shouldn't be perception. When, like, when we get into the industry, that should not be the way things are going. Mm-hmm. We should be actual teams <laughs> with each other. I think purging the toxicity is huge. I want to see any contractor that I work with or just contractors in general just get more intentional about their people and get more intentional about the mental health aspect of things. Mm-hmm. The reason I, I left detailing, part of the reason, mm-hmm. is it wasn't a mentally healthy place for me to be. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter how hard I worked. I would work my butt off. I would work until 3 a.m. to get something in for fabrication. And the next morning I would be expecting a, hey, thanks so much in the email, like in my inbox. I would get a, hey, why did you miss this? Hey, right. why did you miss that? I had a voicemail literally of a guy leaving me a voicemail saying, why can't you get anything right? Call me back. It wasn't a mentally healthy place for me to work. I'm trying my best to like sound the alarm here and say, guys, we got some issues that we got to work through and and marketing's not going to solve all of it. It's just not. No. I'm still trying to figure out how we solve that mess. (laughs) I just spoke of. That's a much more complex issue. That's people, that's feelings, that's emotion, all of these different things. But we got to call it out and we got to say, all right, let's try to do a little bit better here. Let's try to be a little bit more supportive or use our words a little more wisely. The cut, words cut, man. And that was, that was my perspective in the industry is that, all right, we got to do something a little bit better. Um, so I hate that I'm not in it, in it anymore and actually like boots on the ground building stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I learned what I needed to learn. And I'm trying to find ways to solve those problems that I see just kind of systematically across the board in construction. Mm-hmm. Try to make a healthier workplace with a healthier work environment for people. That's phase two of story builder. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure that part out. Yeah. The marketing side was easy. That's why it's phase one. <laughs> yeah. It started easy and then we'll ease our way into uh, right. the bigger issues. Well, Tyler, I really want to thank you for being a guest today. It's been a fantastic conversation. I know our listeners, which our listeners are mostly contractors, subcontractors, self-performed GCs, kind of that world. They're going to really enjoy this and hopefully they take it to heart and listen to some of the things you had to say. Because I'll tell you what, man, it's important. You know, people's lives, careers, livelihood, work environment, the culture that's created around that. I can't say it enough how important that is. So I'm glad we addressed it today. No, I think everybody needs to to say, everybody needs the reminder of that. It's not just you, actually. It's not just you feeling this. It's actually across the industry. People are feeling this way. Take up your arms. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's try to work towards fixing this. And I'm not really sure the best way forward, except to say, just do unto others. Try to be a servant. Try to serve the people around you as best as you can. I know it's hard. (laughs) Get it. You're not going to do it perfectly every time. God knows I don't but you got to just run with that mantra, do unto others. So if I leave anybody with anything, that's it. Do unto others, guys. <laughs> Love it. Thanks again, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Dirty Boots Show. To keep up with the latest podcast updates and highlights, follow Assignar on social media.